0: Yeah, that soccer show is proud to be a part of the Soccer and Sweet Tea Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Go check out all the great coverage of soccer in the Carolinas at Soccer, the letter N, SweetTea.com. I just want to take a second to let you know that these World Cup previews are not going to have commercials in them. But I wanted to take a chance at the top of each episode to quickly shout out our sponsors, Uptown Poor and Brad Butchkowski. Thanks again to those guys for being supportive of everything we do here at Yeah That Soccer Show. This is Yeah, That Soccer Show, the completely unofficial podcast that talks all things Greenville FC, NPSL, and so much more. So come on, Greenville, this show is for you, it's about you, and we want this show to be driven by you. So email the show at yeahthatsoccershow at gmail.com or slide into our DMs over at, at YTSs Podcast. Now, let's get to the show. Welcome in once again to episode number three of our World Cup previews. Today, we are previewing Group C. Here we go. We are two down. We've got six to go, and we are ready for Group number three. So without further ado, let's get to our first team, and that is France. Oui, oui, la France So the, I'm sorry, I'm making myself, uh, sound like an idiot anyway, France coming into the 2018 world cup, they have a very good defense, which is something that they have not had in the past. That has been a weakness for them, but they are much improved. And the reason that that has been such a weakness is because France is full of talent. They always have been, they seem to always come into world cup. Play with high expectations this year. That those expectations were not helped by the fact that the EA Sports FIFA 18 simulation had France winning the World Cup. There are definitely a ton of amazing players on this team, including Olivier Giroud. You've got Paul Pogba. You've got Antoine Griezmann. You've got Ngolo Kante. There are just this team is just stacked full of attacking superstars. The problem is, is that they don't quite fit together all the pieces. It's a little bit of a puzzle. And because of that, it's hard to really guess at what the formation is going to be. They have played with several different formations. It's really interesting to kind of see like, where does the priority lie with squeezing in these attackers? Is it important to try to get them all in the field at the same time? Is it important to try to get the right mixture of them? Is one person going to take dominance? Is it Paul Pogba? Is it Griezmann? Is it Giroux? Is it N'Golo Kante? Like, who is the person that we're going to build this system around? So that is the issue with France coming into this World Cup. France has been to 15 World Cups. They have won one World Cup, so their best finish, obviously, was winning it all back in 1998. The player to watch for this French squad this year, for me, even though this is a team loaded with superstars, I think it's easy to overlook some guys that are going to be very important. And so my player to watch is Kylian Mbappe. He is the midfielder who is going to be driving the offense. He's going to be serving crosses into these attackers. He is kind of the utility guy. He can he can kind of fit wherever you need him to fit there in the midfield. He's the glue of this team. And I think Kylian Mbappe is going to be a very critical piece to France's success in this World Cup. Now, France is ranked by FIFA number seven in the world. The ELO ranking for them is number five. Again, I feel like the ELO rankings are a little more accurate in terms of where teams sit currently. They have a 77.8% chance to win this group, win Group C. They have a 93.3% chance to advance out of this group. So they are virtual locks. But we'll talk about this in a little bit. Uh, That is where France gets into trouble when they are virtual locks. They are 11 to 2 odds, which is like the weirdest thing ever. Like I don't understand. I love when it's like 5 to 1, 4 to 1, 3 to 1. 11 to 2 is just like anything that to 2 is just a weird odds thing. So they're 11 to 2 odds. That makes them, I guess that's 5.5 to 1. I guess that makes sense. I don't really know how betting works. Don't, don't judge me. I don't know anything about betting. Anyway, they're 11 to two odds. That gives them the third best odds of anyone in the tournament. They have a 14.3% chance to win the world cup, which considering there's 32 teams, that is a pretty good number. Why should you support France? Well, it is a team of stars. There is a chance that somebody on this team plays for a team that you support or has played for a team that you support. Or that you just like these players. It's a team of stars, and so that is a reason that you can root for them. Also, they supported the U.S. in the revolution. Marquis de Lafayette, if you're a Hamilton fan, you know Lafayette. So that is why I am going to be supporting France in this World Cup. Why would you Why would you go against France? Well, you remember when I told you about the danger of them being virtual locks to do anything? France has a history of having high expectations and and disastrous failures and letdowns. And there is no reason to not think that may not happen again this year. Although I do think that this is maybe the most talented team they've brought to the World Cup in quite some time. So that is France. That's team one in Group C. Team number two in Group C is Australia, the Aussies. The Aussies are... Or better yet, they have the best – I don't know why you would call them the Aussies. They have literally probably the best name of any international team. They are the Socceroos. How can you not love that? The Socceroos. Australia is a very scrappy team. They are going to to play very defensive and very compact um, even when they're pushed forward. They, they're not going to bunker and just sit down and park the bus. They are going to be very defensively minded – But even when they're pressing, they're going to be very compact in the midfield, but this will leave gaps behind that tight offsides line. They like to kind of hold a really tight offsides line to try and catch the attackers offsides, but that leaves big gaps behind them where teams with some intuitiveness can kind of sit and poach and get behind that line and time their passes and their runs well enough to leave Australia vulnerable they're under a tremendous amount of pressure to be successful in order to help the sport grow back home. So this is something I wanted to bring up, but Australia is kind of the bizarro U S team. I mean, they are very similar. They have a lot of similarities to the U S men's national team. One of those things being that they have a new ish domestic league and really the national team's success kind of parallels the way that they're trying to grow the game back home because soccer In Australia, much like in the U.S., is not the number one sport or anywhere close to it. So they're under some pressure there to do that. Australia's been to five World Cups. They have won none. The best result they have ever had. They got to the round of 16 in 2006. The player to watch for Australia, and this is another one of those U.S. parallels, is a guy named Tim Cahill, who you might know. He has played in the U S in major league soccer. He is kind of, he's 38 years old. He probably will not start for Australia, but he will probably see some significant time off the bench. He is basically the Australian Clinton Dipsy. And what I mean, when I say that is this guy plays with grit, he will will himself to the ball. He will pick up this team and carry it on his back. That is the way that he plays. So I think he's going to be the most interesting player to watch from Australia. The FIFA rankings for Australia, they are ranked number 36 by FIFA, number 40 by ELO. They have a 6.7% chance to win this group and a 23.5% chance to advance out of this group. They are at 501 odds to win the World Cup. That has them tied for 28th and a 0.2% chance to win it all. Why should you support Australia? Well, because this is kind of the parallel Bizarro US team perhaps you can you can get a sense of what it might be like to root for a team that that why why not while not as talented as the US team has been in in recent years is kind of set up in a similar way and and has a lot of the same pressures on them as a team why would you root against them well to be honest with you they're not very good and they're not very entertaining even in them not being good so it is you know i think it's one of those things like you can you can be good, you can be entertaining, uh, or you can be none of those things, and that is that is kind of where Australia falls. So they're not going to be the most interesting team to watch this summer. So that's team number two in Group C, Australia. Team number three in Group C is Peru, Peru, the team from South America. They have maybe one of the most iconic kits in all of international soccer, the white. Jersey with the red sash from shoulder to hip. It looks, I'm not a sash guy. I don't really like sashes on soccer jerseys, but Peru's is the one that I can really, I can really appreciate because it's just iconic. It looks great. And they really have kind of made that their own. Peru is going to run some form of a four, two, three, one. They're going to have three attacking midfielders who are going to have a ton of freedom, but everyone else in that formation the four-man back line, the two defensive mids, and the striker are going to be pretty structured. But those three midf- those three attacking midfielders have a lot of freedom to, to kind of zig and zag and run in between and shift and, and move about the pitch. One of the issues for this team is that their average height for their starting 11 is 5'8". That is very short. It's probably one of the shortest, if not the shortest, average heights for any team in this World Cup. They have a strong defensive base and a fluid attack, which leads to some flexibility and adjustment. I think this is going to be an exciting team to watch in Group C. Peru has been to four World Cups. They have won zero, the best finish they ever had. They twice made it to the quarterfinals in 1970 and 1978. Now, that sounds like a long time ago, but we'll talk about why that might be here in just a minute. The player to watch for Peru is Paulo Guerrero. He is the captain. He is the goal scorer. He is the second most polished number nine, which is a striker. If you're not familiar with the numbering system on the positions in soccer, he's the second most polished striker in the tournament really behind Lewandowski with Poland. Paolo Guerrero is an interesting person to watch in this tournament because there was a lot of questions really until about a week ago as to whether or not he would even be playing in this tournament. There's kind of some crazy things happening with him. He, got, uh, popped for a positive drug test for cocaine. After a match a while back, he said that it wasn't, uh, doing cocaine. He had had some tea that may have had like coca leaf in it or the cup he had used might've had something that had coca leaf in it. And the investigation said that really the amounts he had in his body, that that was probably true. And so he appealed, the appeal was upheld, meaning he was still banned. He was banned for 14 months and then literally like just last week or so he was cleared all of a sudden and Peru had put him on the provisional roster, really not knowing if he'd be available or not. And I think he got cleared, honestly, just in time to make the final roster for Russia. So he is going to be they they' and they're, they're going to be glad about that because he's really the heart and soul of this team. FIFA has Peru ranked at number 11. ELO has them ranked at number 11. This is, I think people are surprised when they hear that Peru is as good of a team as they are, but that being said, they only have an 11.1% chance to win this group and only a 30.8% chance to get out of this group. For point of reference, the team we're going to talk about here in a minute, Denmark, who's ranked lower than them in both rankings and has, uh, has better odds to win the World Cup and better chances to get out of the group, which shocks me. So why would you... Oh, so 11.1% chance to win the group, 30.8% chance to advance. They are 200 to 1 odds to win the World Cup, which is 22nd best odds, which is not real great. A 0.5% chance to win it all. Why would you support Peru? Well, Here's the reason that I talked about the quarterfinals appearances back in 1970, 1978 feel like a long time ago, but for them it's very recent in their world cup history because they have not been to the world cup in 36 years. This is their first appearance in 36 years. And that in and of itself is a reason to support Peru. If you're an MLS fan of certain teams, you might also want to support Peru. Andy Polo who plays for Portland Timbers is going to be on this squad. He will probably not start for them, but he will play Yashimur Yotun from Orlando City will start for this team, and he's on this squad as well. Plus, if you haven't seen the videos that Peru sent to the other teams in this group on Twitter when they they knew they were in this group, they kind of sent this hype video saying, like, you might not remember who we are, but we've been here before, and it's, I, I don't know. I watched it, and I got super hyped for Peru. Why would you root against Peru? Well, they don't really have a ton of big names on this team, and I think, honestly, a lot of people who tune into the world cup are rooting for teams or nations based on a great storyline or players that they know from teams that they support club teams. So you're not going to have a lot of that with Peru. This is not a team that like has a real flash about it. Um, but I don't think that should be a reason you don't support them, but that probably is reason most people will not support them. So that is team number three in group C that is Peru. Our final team in group C is Denmark, the Danes. The Danes are here for their latest World Cup run. The Danes are going to play a 4-2-3-1 somewhere in that vicinity. They they play a very direct style of soccer. They want to go long. They want to kick the ball on. They want to get to their tall center forwards, their strikers. Um, They want to launch it. A lot of times they're going to launch it to their strikers or their wingers. And they're either going to head it down or they're going to get the ball to fall to their feet. And then their goal is to get it immediately to their attacking central midfielder, their number 10, Christian Eriksen of the Tottenham Hotspur. We'll talk a little bit about him here in just a minute. Denmark has been to five World Cups. They have won zero. Their best finish was a quarterfinal appearance in 1998. The player to watch, we just mentioned his name a minute ago, from Tottenham. Christian Eriksson, he is the lifeblood of this team. He is really their best player by a lot. He scored 11 goals in 12 qualifying games for Denmark. He really is the reason that they are here. He is the reason that they will have any kind of success in this World Cup. We'll talk about that in just a minute on why, why to support and why to not support this team. FIFA has Denmark ranked number 12 in the world. ELO has them ranked number 18 in the world. They have a 16.7% chance to win this group and a 61.5% chance to advance. They are 100 to 1 odds to win the World Cup. That's tied for 14th and 1.2% chance to win it all this summer. Now, why should you support Denmark? Well, if you're a Tottenham fan or if you like Christian Eriksen or if you don't know who he is, I think you will like him as you watch him play. He's the reason to here's the reason to root for him because he's really all they have in a sense, and he is the main focal point of this team. Why should you root against Denmark? Well, because this team really relies too heavily, in my opinion, on Christian Eriksen. He is their lifeblood. He's everything. And if he gets shut down or if something happens to him and he gets injured or for some reason he just isn't up playing as well as he has in the past, I don't think this team can do much without him. So... Christian Erickson, really, this whole team is built around him. And if he is if he's on his game, they're going to do well. If he's off his game, they're not going to do well. And to me, that's a reason to not root for them just because anytime a team is that one dimensional, it feels like disaster is waiting just around the corner. So that is our group C preview. Um, I hope you're enjoying these and continue to share them and tell your friends about them. I'm trying to keep them under the 20 minute mark in the 17, 18 minute range for all these groups so that you can get caught up, just get you a little bit of information about the teams. And so you can start thinking about who's the team you want to root for this summer, starting in just a week. We'll be back tomorrow to preview group D.